0: We have uh, technological issues if you haven't figured that out already, but that's all fine. We'll do our Bible study this morning in Philippians chapter 2. You should have notes in front of you. My dad is preaching for a Victory Baptist Church in Vergennes, Vermont today. I don't know the occasion, if he's filling in for Pastor Taylor or if there's a special occasion, but he's preaching up there. It's a great church friends to us for a really long time. So that's where he is today. And I also need somebody shut that back door. Philippians chapter 2 and the text is verses 1 through 8. Now the, the study for the last few weeks has been this build below the baseline. So it's that idea of establishing the foundation of our lives, right? where if you look at a, a building, doesn't matter how beautiful the architecture is, what, the most important part of the building is the part of the building that you don't see. Right? It's what's deep below in the ground. I've been amazed at uh, like the modern, if you look at these modern skyscrapers, they don't have as big of a base as the older ones. Like If you look at some of the older buildings, like the Empire State Building, They're wide at the bottom, and they get narrow at the top, but these new buildings, they just go super, super deep. And you're talking stories deep into the earth. And I just find that to be fascinating. But that's what we're talking about our lives. We're talking about things that we have to build underneath so that our lives are stable. And there are a lot of people that they look, they have a good run with Jesus. They have a good run, but then eventually it shuts down because they didn't take the time to fortify that part of, the, of their life that nobody sees. They'll probably come in the back door, but Zach, they'll probably come in through the back door, so just hang tight. You'll see them when they come in. All right, so um, so all those topics, but what is it? What is, I wanted to ask this. What is it about things that people don't see? One of the things is they eventually see that, don't they? Like it always eventually comes to the surface. And so whatever is it, the, the weak foundation is eventually reeled over time. So I think that's interesting. So we've been looking at different topics, these different emphases in our lives. And so today, so today it's all about pride and humility, pride and humility. Now, this passage, Philippians chapter two, it's really a classic passage on uh, pride, how to deal with it in our lives. So let's go ahead and look at verse number one. So Philippians chapter two, and we'll read verses one down through verse number eight. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him. What, let's do this really quick here. In just about every single verse, in almost every verse, there is a word or two or multiple words that, that point to this struggle between pride and humility. So you can give me either one. But it's it's like the passage is saturated with it. Let's work through it. What? Uh, give me the words that stand out to you that are all, uh, they are either dealing with pride or humility in Philippians 2, starting in verse 1. Verse 1 caught me. up. I had a hard time at first, and then I was like, oh, yeah, it's right there. That's got to be the word. Go ahead. Put verse 1 up. What is it? What are we going to? It's fine. What, uh, what, um, what's the, the word in verse number 1? All right, everybody, get your Bibles, open them up, look at it now. Come on now. Yes. Mercies. Ooh. Yeah, absolutely. There's another one. Mercies is a humble word. You got to have, be humble to show mercy to somebody. Oh, I know why that happened. I can fix it for you. Give me just a second. I know exactly why that happened. screens are don't need any screen get your scrolls out your tablets all right so we have mercies but there's another one in verse number one there's another humility word in verse number one what is it love love yeah well i don't know Constellation, maybe um what about verse number two what's the what's the uh the humility or pride word in here Verse number two: Fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. It's all about like-minded, right? You have to, you have to come together for this. That means if I've got to be like-minded with somebody, then I'm gonna to have. To, there's gonna to have to be some give there, right? Verse number three: What's in verse number three? Yep, and then the opposite is in there too: strife and vainglory. Verse number four. The things of others, looking at things of others. Verse number five, well, this is a setup. It's the mind of Christ, but there is humility there because you and I have to say, well, my, my way, my thinking is not, I have to submit that. I have to humble to, the, to Christ. Verse number six, Jesus could have been proud being equal with God. Verse seven, no reputation. Verse number eight, he humbled himself, obedient. Verse number 9, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him. Well, so we're, we're going to stop right there. So this emphasis here is crystal clear. And so if we're talking about one of the things that has to be rooted uh, deep within us that we've got to build, it's the sense of humility. We live in a world saturated with pride, but nothing will destroy our spiritual foundation so, effected, un, so effectively as undetected pride in our lives. Is pride? I, I mean, some people debate this, but I tend to agree that pride is at the root of all sin, right? Pride would be. Why do we say that? Is that a biblical? Is there biblical uh, support for that? That pride is at the root of all sin. Yeah, I think there is. Um, why? In what ways is pride at the root of all it? sin? It's because you. have put yourself in a position where you have kind of depend on yourself, and you're like, I've got this, it's my sin, I'm doing what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, and what's the biblical evidence, what's the biblical support for pride being really at the root of all sin? Somebody said that, yeah, Bill? Because Satan lifted himself up by the knees father of sin. Right, so the first sin... That we have is the sin of Lucifer. He says, "I will exalt myself. I will be like the Most High." Right? And then he's cast from heaven. And then, second chronological sin would be who? Eve. And what does she do with? Tempted with pride. If you eat this, you will be like God. So you can mark it down in your life. There is pride somewhere. Now, when we think of pride, we have a caricature of pride, a prideful person. What's the caricature of a prideful person? Somebody else, somebody help me here. If you were to, make, if you were to go with, like, oh, like the easy go-to, this is a caricature of a prideful person, what would that look like? Overconfident, Overconfident arrogant, every wife is like my husband, um, yeah. Stubborn. Yeah, stubborn people, like a, yeah, yeah. Big ego boasting. Yeah, pride. big ego boasting, not a friend, walking around just like, uh, this is who I am, it's what I do. <laughs> so that's I think, the caricature of pride. Oops. But I don't think that is the most dangerous form of pride. Why do you, Why might I be saying that? That's how you use it. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you think that's maybe not the most dangerous exhibition of pride. I'm not saying it's right, but why is it not the most dangerous? Because it's right in your face. It's right in your face. It's out there. And it's it's easy to do it. It's easy to see. The most dangerous type of pride is the below the surface pride. That every, if you are a human being, you struggle with pride. Just, you just do. Some people have what's like, a, they project a false humility, but there is an underlying pride there. Somebody give me some examples of a, undetec- or a an undetected by others' pride that maybe rears its head in your life, or you've witnessed it, or you're at least aware of it. What would that be like? It's not that loud, braggadocious person, I'm the greatest, I'm the best. You know, that whole, you know, you remember Muhammad Ali? And uh, you know, I'm greatest. All that kind of stuff. That's like that outside in your face. That's not the most dangerous. What is the what is the pride that is dangerous? What does that look like in our lives? I think uh, sometimes people can have like prejudi- uh, prejudices towards people because maybe they have experienced the same things as those people, and so okay, I didn't, that's not how I live my life. So they, they don't really, they're not able to show compassion to other people, and so it becomes like, yeah, they're judgmental, or they have like a, like, I would do that. Or. Right, so their view of other people, though they never say it, they, they really consider themselves better yeah. than other people. It's quiet, it's inside, but it could be because of the way certain people behave. Like, if you grew up, if, like, I, I I've experienced people that go up, blue collar, that work, that work hard their whole life. They don't, they don't, uh, uh, they don't take a government handout. They earn everything they've got. Then they look at other people who maybe use assistance and stuff. And I've observed it in my family, where and people that I've known and family that look at those people like less than because, well, I've done this, I've earned this. They pay. Sometimes it comes out, sometimes it doesn't. But there's this deep seated thing inside. It, it's, so that's one example, could be, it could be the obvious, like a, a racial or ethnic prejudice, but that's become less culturally acceptable. There are lots that still, they just stay in. What's other examples of uh, people that, or, or how pride can like lay deep below the surface? So that's the idea of how you do others, but I think there's other examples as well how pride can be down in there. Thinking that you deserve something. So entitlement. Having an, and Like, you are deserving of something. Yeah, that can lie under there. What else? How I can be equal below there. Huh? Like motives for why people do things, right? Are they doing it because they actually like, think it's a good cause? Or they are trying to help? Or are they doing it because, oh, I know people will see you this. i be the guy. Yeah. Or even if it's not for people to see them, it's so that they have a better feeling about who they are in themselves. It's not, yeah, it's, See, it's complicated, because then a person could be doing a very good thing, helping a charity, volunteering, a feeding center, but really it's all about their sense of themselves, who they are as a person. There's religious pride, too. Right? Like, so that that's in there. How about just, like, people that cannot take advice from anyone? Right? Like, no matter what anybody says, they just cannot take that advice, because... Um, they just don't want to listen, yeah. right? And so they resist not just correction, but they resist any kind of instruction. Anything else? Any other example how, how it can come up? And it's it's not always out there in front, but it's there. I've met people that are just the, the sweetest people on the outside, but if you, if you push the wrong button or try to influence them to do just the wrong thing, there's a deep sea stubbornness in there, right? And that's another evidence of pride. And I'm not pointing my finger so much as like we're just uncovering, because in different ways these are manifested in my life as well. All right, people that can't, that are unable to um, compromise. It's either it's got to be the way they want it to be, or else we pick up our toys and we go, and we go home, right? Are all man- anything else? Manifestations of pride that are under the surface that we don't always see. How many of you identified with one of those at least today? You're like, yep, that's me. <laughs> that was me. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. So pride is everywhere. Now, how does how is um, pride actually, in, in subtle ways, how is pride promoted in our world today? How is pride, pride promoted? promoted? Culturally. Be all you can be. Be all you can be. Yeah, I could see that's a, um, could be a prideful message in there, yeah. Could be a spiritual message too, that was a tricky one. But if it's the wrong motivator, the wrong thing underlying it, I can see what you mean there. How else, yeah? Sports. In sports, yeah. Tell more about, like, players and teams. It's like... Yeah. Cares if this team wins the Super Bowl. Like all I've been hearing about is not the teams about the Super Bowl. It's this person who scored a touchdown. This person's going to win the game. It's it's just like and then contracts, right? This okay. team has been yeah. loyal yeah. to. Pay me enough so I'm off to the next one. Yeah, it's very true. Sports is permeated with pride, but then there are people that go against it. Like if you if you haven't been watching, just watch all of the YouTube clips of Brock Purdy that has been going around. I expected an amen there. Josh. Like I said, he's just a quiet over there. Not getting into <laughs> <laughs> watch all of the watch all of the videos though of, of Brock Purdy, the quarterback. He's a quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, who's gonna. He's a very outspoken Christian, very so. He's very outspoken Christian, but if you listen to the way, yes. I, no, you said Christian. I, I already. Right. But the way he talks about the game, like, I feel like there's some some Christians in sports are like, you know, I I won, praise the Lord, whatever. And it's like, well, okay, <laughs> like, I don't know if we have a real deep level of spirituality there, but when you listen to the way he talks about the game, he talks about how he's, just, he's out there to glorify God in the way that he plays and honor the Lord in it. And he talks really in terms of whether he wins or loses. And I just, as we're thinking about sports and how Steve said sports is permeated pride, I feel like he's a really good example. Now, I'm sure he struggles with it like we all do. But I thought he's a really good example of uh, a better attitude. What other ways does our culture promote pride? Social media. Yeah. yeah. Look at me. Look what I did, and uh, yeah, and that's a hard balance because I love to I love to look at I want to look at people's bad life, you know. <laughs> so I don't want to scroll and see, you know. But at the same time, sometimes it's often it's over the top, right? People can do that. I had somebody in the front first, and then I'll go back. Yeah, James. I was, a lot of people say like are designers. Right. Right, do what your heart desires. while you're putting, you you're lifting yourself up, and a pinnacle there. What are you saying in the back? I was just going to say sometimes when you go for a job or an interview or this whatever, they want a resume, or you got to tell them what you've done, what you have, what you desire, so forth, so on. So it's almost like you have to build yourself up. Yeah. They're not going to hire you. Right. Although there is, yeah for those of you that are in the job market and stuff, there's a way to portray a confident humility that is very very attractive do in the workplace. where you list your accomplishments, but then you show how probably how students are getting ready to put your resumes out there. You put your accomplishments out there, but you show how you benefited others and you benefited the company and you served through that. It's a much better much better approach than look at everything I've done. Um, but yeah, you're right. Where else is pride kind of encouraged? My school is better than your school. Okay. Sure. Yeah. It can happen? Education just as a whole. Education can promote a sense of pride. Yeah, and a lot of these, some of these things are good things. Work, education, etc. I don't think you'll see a more blatant, of all the things you mentioned, I think there's one cultural thing that tops it all when it comes to pride. I mean, just, like, amps it up. And that is the political sphere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is just, like, t- times a billion. Like, I just think about it. Every now and then, I, I watch very little of, like... I, I do take in the news, because I will be informed, but I watch very little of the commentary shows or, the ar- really, the argument shows, right? Like, professional arguments on television. But every now and then, I'll see that again, and I'll watch people, and it's like... If you ever, like, had a real-life conversation with somebody like this, you would have no friends. <laughs> no one would like you. Like, these are two people bragging and yelling at each other nonstop. And, like, this is just bizarre. It's bizarro land. If I did this at work, I would get fired, you know? Like, but their job is to brag. And uh, Christians get caught up in that. And I see people on both sides. It's just shameless boasting. Um, so we have to be very careful of that. As Christians go into all of these realms, Christians go into the workforce, Christians go into um, Christians go into uh, politics, Christians go into the athletic world, Christians go into education. We're supposed to be the salt and the light. We're supposed to have a distinction. So we know Proverbs sixteen is a is a well known verse, verses eighteen and nineteen. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Um, there's another verse. It's better a, better a dinner... It's another proverb. I'm going to get it a little bit wrong, but something like this. Better a dinner of herbs where love is than a stalled ox and hatred therewith. So in other words you better just go eat uh, salad with people who are humble and love each other than to have a nice steak dinner with a bunch of angry people. It just reminds me of this verse here. It's like it's, it's better to have little but to be humble than to have, and have pride because pride brings destruction. And if that destruction doesn't happen, here's the ultimate. Like, some people, they get through their life and they seem to never have to answer for their pride, right? They get through, they're proud, they're arrogant, and it's like, oh, well, that verse didn't really seem to be fulfilled. Pride goes before destruction. They were rich, they, were, they lived a long time, but the worst of, all, worst of all is they face eternal destruction. Always goes before destruction. And pride destroys all kinds of things. It destroys marriages you know, ver, ver, like it destroys relationships. So let's, um, there's a verse that is, I didn't put these notes together, so I'm making sure this verse is not here. There's another verse that says this, only by pride comes contention. What, what does that mean? Only by pride comes contention. Only by pride comes contention. Contention comes from uh, two people not willing to make a compromise. Yeah. So, so if this, so, here's the deal: if you are in relation, if you are at odds with someone relational, if there's two people that are in contention, if there's somebody at work that you just can't get along with, this is the this to me is the if you're like, do I have pride in my life? Look at all of your relationships. All the people in your life, your neighbors. I just heard about two former neighbors, they've, they've, they've all moved on, that they just could not get along. They couldn't do it. They, they, they just couldn't. Police were called, all the good, all the good stuff, you know. Couldn't get along. So, at work, we all know that there, there, you've been involved in work situations where people are just at odds with each other. Heard about one recently. So, Two people are at odds, what is the problem? Only by pride comes contention. If two people are at odds, right. Either one or both of those people have pride. Just mark it down. So if you have a problem with somebody up at work, your neighbor, your coworker, your team member, your classmate, family member, your spouse, if you are at odds. One of you, or both of you, have pride. Because the only way there's contention is if there's pride. Because the answer to pride is for one person to yield their yield the way. What is usually the answer? Is it, what, Usually the answer is both. Almost always. When there's contention, both people have pride. And not always, but I have observed on multiplications, that if I will simply swallow my pride, even if the other person has changed, you know what happens most of the time? It's not always, but usually the relationship can be reconciled. Not always. There are some super toxic people in the world, so there are exceptions. But very often, relational dysfunction, if one person would just say, you know what, that's okay. That's okay. I'll let it go. If one person can do that, usually that can be reconciled. And you watch that other person will come around over time. Again, not absolute. Some people are just impossible. But generally speaking, that will work. It also reminds me, scripture says, a soft answer turns away wrath. When I was a a late teenager, a college student, I spent a lot of time in the book of Proverbs. And there are tons of Proverbs that I can just memorize. If you struggle with with these life issues, I would just say get into the book of Proverbs because it's just filled with this kind of truth, whatever age you are. Saturate yourself with it because there's principles. I remember being in situations in college where I got this guy so mad at me because I did a dumb thing. I didn't mean to it. I did a dumb thing and I got this guy so mad at me, so mad at me that, that when he saw me, he wouldn't even speak to me. I mean, he was just mad. Now, technically, I didn't do anything wrong. But I handled the situation, like, poorly. So finally, I was like, I cannot be. I can't be at, I'm at a Christian college. I can't not, like, have this guy on the campus that just won't even talk to me. So I went up to the guy. And he's like, he literally says, I'm like, a Joe. Said, oh, that was his name. Joe! And he's like, he's like, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> literally what he said. How many of you been in a situation like that? I don't want to talk to you. I said, hey, man. I, okay, I just want to apologize. And he was like, he stopped, looked at me, i uh, like, listen, I just should not have now, there was part of a situation where he was in the wrong, but but I that wasn't my problem. I don't have to worry about the part that he is in the wrong. What did I have to worry about? The part that I'm in the wrong. So I look at him and I say, Hey man, I'm sorry. I should not have done that. So sorry you know what happened to that guy like like it was like a visible like that verse a soft answer turns away wrath happened like in a second it is vividly i can tell you where i was standing at that moment it left such an impression on me and i just was like oh all right man you know (laughs) we just that was it so get this 12 or so years later at some event i randomly run into this guy because he lived in connecticut and I just randomly run into this guy. It was at, like, some alumni gathering. I hadn't seen him. I run into him 12 years later. And he's like, hey! And I'm like, hey! In the back of my mind, what am I thinking about? That, that incident. And I just could not not say anything. Because I'm just like, oh, man. You know, I hope he doesn't think of me. Blah, 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 blah. Because we, like, we weren't friends after that incident. We just were polite to each other, you know. So I'm like, hey, oh, man do you remember blah 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 blah. blah. he's like "Uh, he couldn't even remember what in the world i was talking about he had no clue the thing had even had even happened now i wish that i had like you know more stories like that but but i just want to i just want to uh encourage you to try it just say you know what let this mind be in you which was also in christ jesus he humbled himself if you're at odds with somebody just say just just there's, I guarantee you there's something that you did wrong in the situation. I guarantee you. It may not be, the, 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 the balance may tip way over to that jerk, right? But there's something that you did not do right in that. If you will go to them, if you will take responsibility for the wrong that you did, and you will just leave it at that. Don't even bring up whatever they did. Just say, Hey. When we had that conversation the other day, I said this, I should not have said that, I'm really sorry. Now, they might want to rehash the whole thing, and I, then you just got to move on with your life, right? But lots of times, you by that act of humility, well, it's, like, it's, like a, it's like I used to watch these shows, you know, like the, the action thrillers where they've got to diffuse the bomb within, like, you know, it's like down to the last second. It's literally like humility can be like diffusing a bomb relationally. It's super powerful. Super powerful. So, there's a couple of principles here. We've got five minutes. I guess I better give you the lesson. So, we'll go quickly. There's, I guess, three big principles. One is seek a walk of unity. So, that's in verses one through two. You want to, if at all possible, you should have unity, especially with fellow Christians. There's unity. You should make it one of your goals. In fact, it says, there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded. It should be your goal within the body of Christ to make, to bring unity. There's always, there's, there are innumerable sources of division. You can find them. They are everywhere. Plenty of places to divide with people, and there are some important issues that you have to divide over when it comes to doctrine and truth. But when it comes to interpersonal interaction, seek unity. It's based on our fellowship in Christ. So that sh- that should be. Cool. And then number two, number two on the back, separate from contention. Separate from contention. Let nothing be done. Verse three. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. In other words, just stay away from it. Don't allow it. Give it no space. Separate. Can I give you a, a, a modern uh, uh, translation here or paraphrase here? Just shut down the drama. Just shut it down. Like when people bring drama your way, drama is just a fancy way, a, a newer way. Polite way of saying, God, strife, you know anger. When people bring drama your way, what do you do with it? What do you do with it? Well, how many of you have uh, non-stick pans at home? Who's got a non-stick pan? Teflon? Right? What a wonderful invention, right? Like, instead of it, it, as it comes, just don't let it stick. Don't absorb deflect. Just deflect it. There's nothing that shuts down a a person that wants to bring you their drama than be like, oh yeah, I don't know much about that. You don't have to be like, Adam, that gossip. What kind of a Christian are you that you would bring that to me? That's not how you do it. That's not how you diffuse it. You just, Adam comes and he brings me some drama, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I, I don't really know much about that then I move on. I learned that from somebody. I'm like, what a, what a great, simple response. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's another great one. Oh, okay. And do you know what happens? Do you know, People that love drama and contention, do you know what they seek out? Yeah. yeah, they're looking for, they don't know it, but subconsciously they want the reaction. They want the affirmation. They want the validation. And if you don't give it to them, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves if you don't give them that what are they going to do they're not going to yeah, they're not going to like change in that moment unfortunately i wish it would i wish they would what are they going to do well they might keep coming after you or well normally what will happen is they'll go look for somebody else that gives them that like, now they might, you might be in a situation where somebody just got you pinned down, but nor, but generally speaking, people will come at you and you, you, you just, you just, now imagine if you have a whole community of people that are like, yeah, we don't have, we don't, we don't know much about that. That, I don't know much about that. And you just take it and you just move on. Eventually they'll get it, that you are not somebody who feeds into it. And that is how you create a culture. A drama-free culture. A culture of humility. where We don't talk about other people. We don't, we don't stir the pot. We don't look for uh, to take a small problem and make it big. I heard this other statement. It always stuck with me. A mature per- person can take a big problem and make it small. An immature person You could probably finish it. They take a small problem and they make it big, right? So I heard them, oh yeah, I want to be that person. I want to take a big issue and be like, oh, we can can handle that. That's nothing to worry about. Or you can take the smallest of problems. Don't do it. How do you do it? Well, you refuse strife. Where no wood is, the fire goes out. So, where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceaseth. So, refuse strife. Maintain a lowliness of mind. Esteem others better. And then, let me give you this. All this has been, most of this has been what not to do, what not to do, what not to do. But look at verse number 4. This is what to do. Look not every man on his own things, but here goes, but every man also on the things of others. If you will become a servant... If you will invest your life in serving other people. Do you know who do you know often the people in churches who are the most united are the people who are, are serving. Because they don't want anything to threaten the work that is being accomplished. The people that are the most divisive are all, often the consumers. But you know, people that are serving They don't want anything to divide the important work that's going on, the serving of other people, the ministering of the gospel. So serve others in need. So the biggest takeaway from this talk on pride is that pride will affect our relationships, but you can protect them through humility and Christ-like, well, through Christ-like humility. All right? And that's a wrap. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the time that we've had today. Please bless our worship service this morning. And I do pray that you'd help us as believers, as a family of faith, your Lord, as a church, to just have a spirit of humility among us. And then help that to just permeate into our, um, into our community, into our workplaces, Lord. Help us to show Christ through our willingness to yield ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We are so glad that you've taken the time to join us today. If you've been blessed by the message, or if you have placed your faith in Jesus today, we want to hear from you. Maybe you still have questions about what it means to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Please let us know, and we would love to answer those questions from the Bible. We would also be happy to provide you with the Bible and other free Christian resources to help you grow in your faith. You can email us at info at mountgraylockbaptist.com Or send us a message on Facebook. You could also call us at 413-662-2107. We would love to hear from you and our desire is to be a blessing to you in any way that we can. God bless.